Welcome. I'm Brittany Pacheco, and you're listening to The Watchers in the Basement. Last week on my solo pod, I discussed Season 4, Episode 7 of the Hulu original series, The Handmaid's Tale. If you're not yet caught up on the show, this pod will have major spoilers for you. But before I jump into it, take a minute to follow us on social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And head over to our YouTube channel to subscribe and hit that notification bell. Comments and likes are always welcome. You can also find our pods over Game of Thrones, The Boys, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and more on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more thanks to Anchor.fm. In last week's episode, June is adjusting to life post-Gilead, having been reunited with her friends, her husband Luke, and her daughter Nicole. She confronted Serena in epic proportions, getting her first taste of revenge against the Waterfords. But June isn't quite done with putting Gilead behind her. In this week's episode, June confronts Fred and all her Gilead trauma by testifying at his criminal charges hearing. Confronting the past is something Emily, along with others, are forced to deal with, and this sets forth a new sense of power in everyone's future. Let's dive into this emotional episode entitled Testimony. Let's start by talking about Aunt Lydia. She's back in form overseeing handmaids scrubbing a floor, and Lydia suspects two other aunts are laughing at her. She doesn't take kindly to this at all, so she takes her anger out on one particular handmaid who was scrubbing the floor, doing as she's told, and Lydia, I feel she just likes to inflict pain. I don't know if she gets like a rise out of it necessarily, but she does yell at this poor handmaid, tases her, and turns that taser onto one of the aunts, too, and walks away from this whole situation. Now Aunt Lydia is worried about that incident might having cost her a job. So she goes and visits Commander Lawrence to seek some sort of forgiveness or some clarity about what's going to happen to her. And while their conversation ensues, it becomes a little bit more detailed. It's not just about Lydia. It's about more than that. So first, referencing Lydia's victim, Commander Lawrence does note that these new handmaids are a lot more compliant than prior handmaids because these new handmaids have known Gilead for most of their lives. And I think this is kind of like insinuating that Lydia was never going to be successful with the previous handmaids that we saw with June, Janine, Alma, Brianna, because of the fact that they obviously were not from Gilead. They didn't comply with what Gilead stood for. And obviously these new handmaids who grew up in Gilead are just going to listen. Now, sidebar, I'm very concerned about this because it's like, if Gilead is concerned about the birth rate, for example, they want to have children and and these little girls that grow up in Gilead, are they forever just going to be destined to either only be wives and handmaids like that's that's horrible to predetermine what the future holds for these young women and I know that there's countries out there that do just that but damn this is horrible y'all like this just takes it to a whole new level about what the future holds for these women are they going to be wives are they going to be aunts are they going to be handmaids or are they going to be sent to you know colonies for the future you know what i'm saying like this is this is bad this is just really really bad so going back to this episode commander lawrence does taunt lydia 
by mentioning that June is free and saying that June was liked by people. Nobody likes Aunt Lydia. And she kind of seems hurt by this comment. But he says to Lydia, he's not going to fire her because she is needed for, quote, Gilead's future, which means everything to him. Again, another sidebar. Does Commander Lawrence want to destroy Gilead or does he want to remake it? I'm, I'm very confused about his whole character and what his intentions are because I just feel like he maybe wants to do good because of the fact that his wife obviously was traumatized by the events that went on prior to her death. And he loved his wife, obviously. He wanted to get her out of Gilead. He knew that he couldn't get out of Gilead because he essentially created this country and everything that it stands for. So I do feel that he wants to do right, but maybe he has to play the game in order to make things right. But by recruiting Lydia to be part of his plan, I, I just feel it, it can go sideways very quickly just because of the fact that she did try to blackmail him in some sort of fashion to get her reinstated with the aunts. And he spun that around to where he got his seat back on the council. So I don't know, there's moves and there's counter moves, but I'm just very concerned truly about whether or not Commander Lawrence wants to continue Gilead or to destroy it. This isn't all that Commander Lawrence has to say. He does reveal that Janine was recaptured in Chicago. I have a lot of questions about this, but I'll get to that later. So with that being said, he tells Lydia to use Janine as an outlet for her passion for inflicting pain. Now, this rather upsets Aunt Lydia because she does say that she doesn't take joy in inflicting pain. But we know that Lydia has like a soft spot for Janine, it seems. So she is relieved and probably quite happy to find out that not only is she keeping her job, but that she is going to see Janine again. So when Aunt Lydia does see Janine, it's back in this black cell where June was held after she was captured uh, the first time. And Lydia tries to kind of break down Janine by making cruel comments that June abandoned her by escaping to Canada, which by the way, Janine was delighted to hear that June made it to Canada. She did say, I always knew she'd make it. And it seems like every positive comment that Janine tried to make, Aunt Lydia would try to counter it with something negative. So Janine begs Aunt Lydia to not make her a handmaid again. She'd rather die, which is basically echoing what June had said to Aunt Lydia in the same black cell. But Aunt Lydia says Janine is only against that idea because of the fact that June, quote unquote, corrupted her. And she corrupts and destroys everyone. Aunt Lydia implies she's not going to give in to Janine's request, but she hugs her very lovingly. And it seems that there's like this delusion that she cares for Janine. It seems stronger than ever. But question, will Janine ever be free? Other question, how the hell did Janine get out of Chicago? I mean, 
how did she survive that that blast? I mean, we never saw what happened with her. I'm not quite sure how much time has passed since Chicago and to the point where we see Janine in this episode, but I need to know what happened to her. Like, how did she survive that blast? June was pretty beat up. Obviously, she had like that head concussion. She had the head wound, etc. I need to know how the hell Janine survived. Can we get a little bit of backstory on that? No? Okay, fine. Be like that. Moving away from Aunt Lydia, we're going to talk about another aunt that appears in this episode. But we're going to first start with June, who gives herself a new haircut. She is going to attend a Gilead refugee slash handmaids support group that's led by Moira. And June tells Moira that she's not really content with the group. She's frustrated that it's more about feelings and forgiveness instead of everyone just being pissed off and angry. And we will see that there's a woman that's chasing down Emily who is begging to talk to her. Now, Emily doesn't want anything to do with this woman. And June basically tells the woman to leave, but not before getting this woman's information. And later that night at dinner, June will press Emily about who this woman was. And Emily reveals that this was the first Gilead aunt when she was first posted. This is Aunt Irene. It's clear that Emily doesn't want to go into detail about who this aunt was, but we will see Irene appear again outside the next group meeting, which June kind of, you know, uses her status as someone to, you know, not mess with. She basically, in a way, kind of bullies everyone into hearing Irene out. So Irene says that she was an aunt. She physically punished handmaids. But what she did to Emily was far worse because she never touched Emily. This aunt found out that Emily and her Martha were lovers. And when the women continued to have their affair, even after Emily was reassigned, this aunt informed the eyes. So June summarizes in, in cold fashion that Irene's actions are the reason why the Martha was hanged and why Emily's genitals were mutilated as punishment. I'm not going to go into details about that. If you, you recall that episode, damn, that was tough. And then of course, what happened to Emily was just horrible, absolutely horrible. But in front of everyone, Irene is begging for Emily to forgive her. She wants Emily to forgive her. And June barks back at Irene saying she doesn't deserve it. So it asks the question of, are aunts victims in their own right or are they soldiers of Gilead? It, I think there's an argument for both because I think ultimately it's about survival within that country. And if you don't comply, you are going to die. Emily says that there's nothing that Irene can do to make amends. And this devastates Irene. And it looks like June is pretty pleased with this whole matter because she's pissed. She wants these other girls to be pissed and, and I guess to seek revenge in some kind of fashion. But afterwards, Emily tells Moira she doesn't know how she feels about this whole encounter with Irene. Moira does note that as an aunt, 
and her place in Gilead's power structure that she could make as a viable witness against Gilead. So Emily agrees that this is the way to move forward. And the next day she goes to set out to visit Irene, but it's too late. We see in the background that Irene has hung herself outside and one can only assume it's over her guilt of what she did to Emily and the fact that she didn't get forgiveness. Now, if June, I would say, hadn't pushed Emily into reprimanding Irene, she might still be alive to help bring down Gilead. And it's another example of how June doesn't really think long-term or considers the consequences of her actions. Her next move is quite questionable and one could even say supports Aunt Lydia's claim that she's a corrupting force because June hijacks Moira's group meeting and delights to hear that the women there are speaking ill of Irene. And Emily does admit that she's happy that Irene's dead. And this turns into a domino effect of these other women sharing their fantasies of seeking revenge on their tormentors, you know, their commanders, their whoever it was that did them wrong. And, and Moira is like, whoa, 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 you know, anger is valid and necessary, but you cannot live in it. But June challenges Moira and says they should be able to be as outwardly furious as they feel. The other women are basically behind June. So Moira is the odd man out. And now June has worked up everyone into this revenge kind of frenzy. But June does not stop there. At Fred Waterford's confirmation of charges hearing, she plans to read her testimony in court instead of submitting it in writing. Because let's just face it, she is going to face things head on. She's not going to hide behind words or other people. June is a force to be reckoned with. And in preparation of that, Serena will try to prepare Fred, noting that he needs to call June by her name and not by Offred. And Fred convinces Serena to join him as a united front in court. So when the time comes, June begins her story by saying that Fred and Serena Joy Waterford imprisoned her, beat her, and raped her. She talks about the Gilead-sanctioned rapes and the unsanctioned rapes, including when Serena made her have sex with their driver, Nick, to give the Waterfords the child that Fred could not. Now, June does acknowledge that Serena did attempt to improve conditions for the women in Gilead when she read aloud before the commander's council, only to have her finger cut off as punishment, because in Gilead law, women and young girls are not allowed to read at all. June also notes that she found kindness in Commander Lawrence and his wife. And in closing for her testimony, June asks the court to confirm the charges against Fred, to put him on trial, and to give him the maximum sentence. Now, there's an opportunity that Fred's lawyers are given to ask June questions. And the lawyer tries to paint June as someone who lies 
about sex, noting that prior to being in Gilead, she had an affair with Luke, who was a married man at the time, and says that June chose to be a handmaid, which is a load of bullshit because you're either going to be a handmaid or you're going to be sent to the colonies to work until you die. The idea that to spin it as, oh, well, you knew what you were signing up for. Okay, so you're either going to be a sex slave or you're going to be a work slave until you die. Like, you know, yes, they're one of the two in a way, I guess could be a, a better option than the other. But no, absolutely no one would freely choose to be a part of that life. It's, it's this or death, basically. But what is a trial or a hearing, whatever you want to call it, without Fred Waterford chiming in? He's going to defend Gilead. He says Gilead sacrifices work because Gilead is the only place on earth with a rising birth rate. And because Serena is there, he reaches out and touches her belly and says that they've been rewarded for their suffering. And June is pissed. She you know, comes down from the stand to confront him and, and ask, how was she rewarded? And he mentions about Nicole and the fact that he kindly let her see Hannah. You know, he's, he's a good guy, right? You know, he's, he's done these things. Okay. But at this point, June is just done. She says it. I am done. I am done. She leaves the room infuriated. Now, at the end of this episode, towards the end of this episode, we see that Fred and Serena are leaving the courthouse. And Serena questions Fred if he really believes in what he said about all this being God's work and, and the rise of birth rates, etc. And he says, yes, he does believe in it. And she appears to like what she hears. It's a little concerning. I'm always worried about Serena because she's just so back and forth. But they are going outside of the courthouse and you can hear protesters outside, or so Fred thinks. And the couple are greeted by people who support them. Oh my God, even in Canada, like people are supporting what they stand for. Holy crap. That is just, that to me is just flabbergasting. Like, the Waterfords are, are looking at their fans. By the way, there's a lot of people who are just screaming out for Serena. Like, no love for Fred, but Serena. Like, I'm very confused about that. Like, why is she the favorite? But Serena will take advantage of this opportunity and take Fred's hand to show, I guess, their solidarity. Now, is she playing along to work against him? Or did his speech in court genuinely you know, sway her back to his side. I'd like to know what you all think. So be sure to go to our social media pages and leave a comment where you see this post. Uh, because to me, again, this is like moves and counter moves. I definitely would love to hear everyone's feedback on this. We're not done yet. We need to talk about June and Luke. There's drama everywhere, y'all. But they seem to be creating their own. June doesn't want... Luke to be at her testimony because she thinks that it'll be too hard for him to hear all that she's done and experienced. Now, Luke doesn't know 
how they can move on together if he doesn't understand June's trauma. So he also made a decision to tell Mark Twello about June's meeting with Hannah at the lake house. And this also angers June because she didn't want to tell Mark Twello about that. For reasons I'm not entirely sure why, unless she just wanted it to be on her terms or she just didn't want to deal with it at all. And to make matters worse, Luke decides to go to the hearing against June's wishes. And you can see that he's really agonized to hear all about June and what she's experienced in Gilead. But he later tells June that he's glad to know. And for him, I think he feels, okay, now we're on an even level playing field. We can move on together. But June still will not open up about what went on in Gilead or about Hannah. Instead, she is going to use her body, her sexuality, whatever, but force it onto Luke. And he firmly puts a stop to it and tells her, talk to me, you need to talk to me. And you can see it across June's face, like she's pissed obviously, and she doesn't want to talk, so she walks away. But after her takeover of the support group, June will come to Luke's room and says to him, I need to tell you about the last time I saw Hannah. Obviously she's going to admit about Hannah not knowing who her mother was anymore. And it seems that maybe June got that inspiration to be honest from the Gilead women in the, in the beginning of this episode about their feelings and forgiveness. So it's kind of weird how it's flipped the script with her. She was all about anger and revenge and what have you. And now that she's got the women kind of in that frenzy, now she's flipping the script on herself about, okay, I'm going to be honest about my feelings and maybe seek forgiveness in one fashion or another. It's going to be difficult for Luke to hear the painful truth about Hannah. So I am very much looking forward to what next episode is going to bring. I want to see more Nick. We haven't seen Nick in a while. And I'm I'm curious as to what he's up to. Obviously, Gilead knows about June having escaped to Canada. So I would like to see what Nick is up to if he is still playing the game as well because I I feel he does love June truly but he also likes the power that he has as a commander but will he bring down Gilead is he going to bring it down with Commander Lawrence or not or is he going to escape himself and try to be with June which is going to be very interesting now that she's back with her husband but then again she has a child with Nick. Hopefully we'll get some kind of answer in the next two episodes. So that wraps up today's solo pod of The Handmaid's Tale. Don't forget to follow the Watchers in the Basement on our social media platform and our YouTube channel. Help grow our audience by sharing this podcast to others and use hashtag WatchersBasement when tweeting at us. Be sure to leave your comments about what you thought of this episode and what you think is going to happen in the next episode. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll be back next week for the recap of the ninth episode of The Handmaid's Tale entitled Progress. See you then.